This episode is sponsored by Driven by the Moon. From all natural organic soy wax candles, geode soaps, and believe me, these look amazing and smell like lavender, to essential oil blends and unique crystal wands, Driven by the Moon is the shop for the modern witch. So head on over to Driven by the Moon, all one word on Etsy, and check out their beautifully handcrafted items that are available. Use code TTS10, that's short for To The Spirit 10, for 10% off your entire purchase. But hurry, the discount is only available until July 1st, 2021. Help us to support our local and small businesses with the amazing, unique, handcrafted products Driven by the Moon offers. There's something for everyone. Don't say we didn't do anything nice for you. That's TTS10 for 10% off your entire purchase at Driven by the Moon on Etsy.com. You can also find them on Facebook and Instagram. Links and the discount can be found in the description for this week's episode. You're listening to To The Spirit Podcast. Hi, friends, and welcome to The Spirit. I'm Beck. And I'm Steph. Hi, Steph. Hello. Today is para news for the month of June, and we have special guest, Jay. Hello, everybody. Let's get spooky. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, let's get spooky. So before we start the news, I want to talk about two EVPs I got. One was during an interview with Mike Hatcher. And you hear, well, portals, and then you hear they are. So I'll play that for the audience. You're going to hear that something's out of place, and it's not either one of us, but I'll play that for the audience now. Set in stone all around the earth, different locations. Well, portals. Set in stone all around the earth, different locations. Well, portals. The next EVP I received is interesting. And that was in an interview with MK McDaniels, and we were talking about heaven and hell and NDE experiences and stuff like that. And I asked her, what do we need to do to get to heaven? And you hear quickly, get to heaven. You could think easily that it was a feedback or a repeat of me. And I thought that was the case as well. But the voice is much lower, like a man's voice. The cadence is the same. And when I pulled them up on my uh, wave pad, I could see that the signatures were different. Now, if this was just a reflection of my voice, an echo coming back, it would have the same signatures, but this actually has different signatures. So I'm going to play this and, you know, take it as you will. Could be a repeat of my voice. It just didn't fit in. And the other argument I have against it is that there were no other echoes or feedbacks during the interview. So let me go ahead and play that now. What do we need to do to get to heaven? heaven. What do we need to do to get to heaven? heaven. So there's a murder suspect in England and he is blaming centuries old gin for a double slaying. Gin? Like uh, beef eaters gin? That's right where you went. <laughs> like, you know. Well, it's from England, yeah. beef eaters. <laughs> it's the, the gin. 
right? Isn't that what yeah, the D? Yeah, yeah, and it, it can be J I N S for long. Exactly. <laughs> so, a murder uh-huh. suspect in England has put forward something of a strange supernatural defense for a double slaying that he is accused of committing, as the man contends that a centuries-old gin is actually responsible for the crime. According to a local media report, Shabaz Khan is currently on trial for the murders of Dr. Salmon and his daughter. They were killed in October of 2020 in the community of Burnley. A contractor by trade who had done previous work to the family's home, he had been seen entering the residence on the day prior to the crime, and in a subsequent search of his house was discovered to be in possession of jewelry and money that had belonged to this doctor. Okay, I'm not going to get into the whole thing. But this is kind of like maybe, has anyone seen the new movie, The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It? No, but I was actually going to, I was thinking that in my head. So yeah, I mean, maybe it's not that far fetched. That was the first case ever to release this person for murder due to a possession. There's a lot of, I think, killers that have claimed the devil made me do it. I think what was the one in New York, the son of Sam mm-hmm. uh, had voices and I think they were coming through a dog or something. Yeah. Right. But there was proof in the uh, Ed and Lorraine Warren case. Hmm. Yeah. Well, they won that case. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Which is, I guess, historical. So this uh, article is by the New York post. The title says the devil forced him to kill the true story behind the conjuring insanity, self-defense and passion are some of the usual reasons attached to not a guilty plea during a murder trial. The first time an American ever pleaded not guilty to a crime on account of being inhabited by an evil spirit. Arnie Cheyenne Johnson, 19, was charged with murdering his landlord, Alan Bono, in cold blood in 1981, while the pair fought over his girlfriend, Debbie Glatzel, 26. But it wasn't Johnson who killed his 40-year-old friend. His lawyer unprecedentedly said a demon manipulated Johnson into stabbing Bono to death with a five-inch pocket knife. The horrific tale is part of the Conjuring film universe because real-life controversial paranormal investigators Ed and Lorraine Warren, played respectively by Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga, were hugely involved in the 80s case. It began in Brookfield, Connecticut, when 12-year-old David Gladsell, Debbie's little brother, began experiencing frightening hallucinations. David regularly saw a man with big black eyes, a thin face with animal features and jagged teeth, pointed ears, horns, and hooves. His mother, Judy, told People magazine in the lead-up to the trial, the creature, she added, told him to beware. As his condition worsened, the boy would growl, hiss, and probably for a 12-year-old, quote passages from Paradise Lost. He often spoke of death and stabbings. Frightened, the Glatzels enlisted the help of the Warrens, popular TV ghost hunters who brought along three priests for a series of exorcisms, some of which the supportive boyfriend Johnson was present for. Lorraine Warren, who is also a psychic, told the Hartford Current that during one of the rituals, Johnson seemed to sacrifice himself to help save the boy. Johnson leaped up and cried to the demon, come into me, I'll fight you, come into me. You're, you're describing the whole movie right now. Well, we, we don't want to give the movie away. Okay, I won't give the movie away. But this is exactly based on the case. Of course, it's way dramatized, the movie. All horror movies are too dramatized. Oh, they I can't are. stand them. But it, it was done well. I'm a fan of the Conjuring series, not so much like the Annabelle and the little offshoots like The Nun, but the actual Conjuring movies are really well done. 
And I hope they continue to chronicle Ed and Lorraine Warren's um, case files. That'd yeah. be cool. I think the last one would be don't don't tell the demon to go into you to save somebody else. You end up murdering somebody yeah, later was, on. <laughs> that was a little crazy, but I think yeah. it was out of desperation. Yeah, no, I feel I feel bad for people that are in those situations. Let's talk about some cool stuff that's going on right now. Toledo Museum of Art opens a paranormal exhibition. So if you guys are in Toledo, Ohio, the Toledo Museum of Art is going to be exploring a more mysterious side of expression this summer season, starting, well, it already started, and ending on September 5th. The museum is going to feature a supernatural America, the paranormal in American art, a traveling exhibition that gathers spectral works from the late 18th century onwards. The collection includes roughly 160 objects, Wow. Including paintings, drawings, sketchbooks, printed books, photographs, and video content. There was a press release that said it's divided into sections that examine America as a haunted place, apparitions, channeling spirits through rituals, and the potential for plural universes. And that sounds really cool. Admission is free for museum members, $10 for non-members, $7 for military, or $7 for college kids. Have you heard of the Warren's Museum that still exists now? Her her uh, son-in-law yeah. has that now. That's a pretty cool place. I don't know if I would go. Another cool thing that's going on is the Screambulance. Have you heard of this? No. The Screambulance offers haunted house scares on the go. The Screambulance is a new haunted house experience offered in Japan, and it's designed to offer the most terrifying experience in a very tiny space while abiding by social distance rules. I don't know how you can do that, but... The COVID-19 pandemic has really taken a toll on the entertainment business and haunted house experiences are no exception. So now companies are coming up with creative ways to work around and stay in business, offering people scares they crave while abiding social distancing protocols. And one such ingenious service is the Screambulance, a mobile haunted house experience in the form of a bloody beatdown ambulance with an even scarier interior and a zombie-like staff to boot. It's touted as the Asian country's first mobile horror experience. It's basically a horror delivery service adapted to the crazy times we live in. That's so, new. Yeah, it's cool. They, they park outside your home at a predetermined time, and then they deliver the spine-chilling thrills you're, you know, you're waiting for. The interior of the custom-made Screambulance is even worse than the exterior, featuring medical equipment complete with bags of fake blood hanging from the ceiling, splattered blood all over the place, as well as audio scares recording using the latest 3D sound recording microphone, combined with the stereo system, and is said to deliver audio that makes you feel like there's someone in the ambulance with you. So I'm assuming you're getting into this ambulance. It can be booked online, and they will cover all 23 wards of Tokyo. It serves up to a party of six people, and it's a 15-minute horror session. It's about $83 or 9,000 yen. And it doesn't start till July 1st, so... It's coming. And if you're in Japan and you want to get scared by the screambulance. I just want to know why 9,000, that number translates to $80. <laughs> like, what are yen? Yeah. Like, little flakes of gold? You need, like, <laughs> little gold flakes to match the dollar. <laughs> I think that's also a great punk band name, Screambulance. <laughs> I'm going down to check out Screambulance. Have you yeah, heard exactly. of them? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Jason, you're going to like this next article. All right. This is from Mysterious Universe, and it's saying, teleportation is closer than you think. Recent advances in theoretical physics are making Star Trek-style transporters a reality. Thank God. I did go through this, and it does say that they're right now just working on quantum entanglement and sending 
subatomic particles such as photons. So yeah, we're not there yet where we're teleporting or beaming to and from work, but they're starting with small things right now. So maybe maybe they'll start off with like microwaves. So it'll like you can put a burrito in a microwave and you can send it to somebody else. That would make sense <laughs> since they're talking about moving data first. And I think a microwave, and a I don't know, that might that might work with continuing research. We might just be beaming out of dinner and being like, uh, hey, hey, we're, we're all just a bunch of particles like glued together. I mean, we're not really solid, right? Right. Right. I mean, why can't they just pull us apart? Send us somewhere. <laughs> That's what Jason and I have been together. waiting for. Like, we do not want to have to board a plane, go through all this crap, just or move when you got to oh, move oh, somewhere. Man, that would be so just cool. If push it all move. through the portal and it's right yes. there in the driveway. <laughs> oh my god, that would take so much stress off of moving. Mm -hmm. Like, everybody, move out of the way. We're beaming the couch over now. Do you think they'll have a department for lost goods in the portal? <laughs> Maybe. That might be one of the weird side effects is that it goes to this where all the socks, the missing socks yes. go to. Yes. <laughs> or missing limbs. Right. Oh, geez. <laughs> you know, there's going to be some mishaps, you know. Australians battling a mouse plague being described as biblical are now waking up every morning to blankets of spider webs covering the entire countryside, including oh roadsides, cars, and sheds, and what's being called a spider apocalypse. No thanks. No thanks. I think Jace and I will never be beaming to Australia. I'll never Dude, go there. It, it looks right. so cool there, but there's everything kills you there. Everything. Yeah. Bullet ants, yeah. scary snakes, funnel web spiders, which is probably what that was. Yeah. Oh. No. Okay, the first Asian giant murder hornet of 2021 was discovered north of Seattle, and entomologists say it appears to be unrelated to the 2019 and 2020 findings of the hornets near the U.S.-Canadian border, and they have no idea how it got there. I don't uh, know. They, they hitched a ride over on a raft from uh, Japan is what they did. Probably. I'm thinking it's on the Pacific I, side. I'm just thinking that if they got here already... It's just like the other species that we have, they're invasive. We're not going to be able to get rid of them. It's too late. It's done for pretty soon. Yeah. They're going to be ravaging yeah. the country. I'm glad at least it's going to take a while till they get over here. I'll never be able to go for a hike again. J.J. <laughs> <laughs> Abrams is producing a UFO four-part docuseries for Showtime that will look at the phenomenon of mysterious objects in the sky and what clandestine influence the American government lucrative private companies and the military may have in shielding the truth behind extraterrestrial phenomena to further their own agendas. So you going to watch that stuff? I don't know. <laughs> I don't really watch TV much anymore. <laughs> what you were saying, I was distracted because I felt on my arm like something was like a breeze of something like, like animal wings flew by, uh -huh. like it was a breeze. So I looked and I didn't see anything. Then I thought, Oh, maybe got touched by a ghost. <laughs> I'm talking about a UFO well, show. Well, it distracted me. The ghost well, touch. Yeah, they, they want you to switch back to ghosts. You know, they do. that okay. topic. All right. No, well, I, I guess we'll bring it back on over to ghosts then. But before <laughs> okay. I do, mm -hmm. there's one more thing. Scientists at the Australian National University in Nottingham, Trent University, has developed plans for an ultra-thin crystal film that can be applied to eyeglasses to help people see in the dark. By converting infrared light into visible images. That's cool. I want it. I want it. Do you want it for your uh, big Robert De Niro glasses, Jason? Oh, yeah. 
I, I mean, yeah, I need new ones anyway. So you walk around the house <laughs> with your infrared at night. Yeah. <laughs> like the predator. Yeah. <laughs> Let's switch it over to ghost woman in the window. Stanley hotel visitor captures unexplained image in the window guys during a ghost tour. There's an actual photo of this, which I will share with our audience on our social media social socials. So basically the woman said, I had decided to do one of the ghost tours of the hotel with my friends, Kim Kimberly, Kim Kimberly. That's like John Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> they tell you to take pictures. So I took a ton. You could ask my family. I took at least two to three pictures in a row of the same thing. Kimberly said she didn't see anything in the window on the third floor during the tour. She said she took the first photo at 9.03 and another less than a minute later. There was no one in the windows when I took these photos, Kimberly states. My friends were taking photos as well, and they didn't see anyone either until I look back at the photos, of course. And she sees an image that looks like a woman or a girl. Now, some people are saying they're curtains, and the curtains are the exact same in every window. They're see-through, she stated. And if it was curtains, what is the dark area that looks like hair and the skin tone color? This can't be a shadow. I'm going to show Steph the picture here. That looks like a solid person. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. that's really good. It almost reminds me of, uh, what's her name, Duvall? Shelly Duvall? Shelly Duvall. Like, it almost kind of oh, reminds me wow. of the way she looked. That's kind of crazy, actually, now that you're saying that. I didn't even think. She's maybe, got long hair. But she's still alive, right? But maybe a ghost yeah. is in person. A specter is impersonating her in The Shining. <laughs> There's an American yeah. flag in it. Three American flags in it. They're patriotic. <laughs> it's a patriotic Stanley Hotel, Shelly Duvall. Hmm. Huh. Very interesting. I have a statement for the ghosts and UFOs of the world. Yes. For the ghosts, quit chilling near the window. Come closer to the camera, please. Okay? That's right. And for the UFOs, we can see you at a distance. Come and land and party with us. Uh, you That's know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, I want to see a creature. You know, I know we've done this enough. Come closer. Oh, UFO would be cool at a rave, you know? That coming down a big rave party oh, with the lights wow. going. With the music. <laughs> and then he jumps behind the DJ booth, you know. <laughs> Sticking with the ghost theme, jogger encounters ghosts sitting on a bench at Haunted Park in Singapore. A woman was out for a jog at a purportedly haunted park in Singapore, and she encountered an eerie figure sitting on a bench. Some suspect that the mysterious stranger may have been a ghost. The incident reported took place around 940 in the evening as she was running through the park. And the local legend states that the vampiric female spirits known as, oh, geez, Pontinax reside. So it might have been a vampiric spirit. Although it initially seemed that the area was deserted, the jogger was taken aback when she noticed what appeared to be a woman sitting on a bench, staring out at the water at the nearby Api Api River. The strange sight was particularly perplexing because it was pitch black where the stranger was located. Although she assumed the curious individual was merely another visitor to the park, despite the late hour and the weird behavior, the jogger decided to snap a quick photo. That's kind of weird. Let, let me just take a picture of this person sitting here in the dark. Upon uh, resuming her run, she suddenly began hearing a voice that was saying my, which is shortened version of her name. This understandably unnerved her uh, and she got goosebumps and the hair on the back of her neck stood up. I know it wasn't human because there was no one else around. Now, considerably frightened by what she was experiencing, she phoned her husband in order to have some sense of comfort and distraction from the situation, while also reciting prayers in her head in the hopes of warding off whatever sinister force she may have encountered. Fortunately, she made it home to safety, and she uploaded the picture to social media, 
Adding one final layer of creepiness to the entire affair, friends who look at this image noted something rather strange about it. The woman's leg cannot be seen, coupled with the location's reputation as a haunted hotspot. It has been suggested that the mysterious stranger sitting on the bench may have been a Pontanac or perhaps some other kind of ghost. It looks like a real person, just like the other one. Long hair. You can see it's layering like white, but you can't, you definitely can't see nothing but the back of their head, really. Right? Yeah, you see something like legs, but you're not really sure if that's it. It has that ring look to it, though. That kind yeah, the of, ring or that ringu. <laughs> yeah, or what's that? What's the other one with the. That's the ring. Uh, no, that's another one. The gr grudge? The grudge. The grudge. Oh, that's, that's right. It. That's the grudge. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was the ring girl that made that noise. The haunted elfin forest of San Diego County. Lying just around the southwest of San Diego County, California, is a rural, unincorporated residential community called elfin forest. Among the scattered houses are rolling hills, unspoiled campgrounds, and numerous hiking trails through the winding pathways through this ancient, gnarled, and twisted trees. And the whole of it covers around 700 acres of forest and hills. Now, this area is home to the Chaparro and the coastal sage scrub. Much of it is endangered and found nowhere else on this earth, as well as many unique native bird species, reptiles, and amphibians. This area is very popular for hiking and horseback riding. So it sounds so wonderful in the elfin forest. Except there's something otherworldly going on there. There's so many weird stories and legends orbiting the area that it's even hard to know where to begin. One of the most well-known tales concerns an area called Harmony Grove, where in the 19th century, a group of mystical gypsies supposedly set up a commune. As soon as they moved into the area, rumors began that they were holding rituals and seances out in the forest. Oh, nothing ever goes good out in the forest. And the story goes that they've had an underground cavern and cave system where they would engage in all sorts of perverse and weird occult activities, including human sacrifices. It did not help that they all were dressed very eccentrically <laughs> with long flowing gowns and various cryptic amulets and charms. There were also stories that the gypsies were conjuring up the spirits of Indian children who had died, with locals increasingly reporting that they could see apparitions of these children roaming about at night or the early hours of morning, or could hear their disembodied giggling or shouts. There would also be found anomalous footprints from the ghost children as well. And this was all because of the gypsies. According to the lore, none of this sat very well with the increasingly frightened locals, who finally managed to conjure up the bravery to form a mob to drive the gypsies away. This mob then descended upon the mysterious commune to viciously attack the gypsies, killing a few of them before they could escape. Those who lived then allegedly placed a curse on the land, and one of them allowed herself to be killed so that she may become the protector of the area. This gypsy would, from then on, be cited as a spectral woman dressed in all black and riding a black steed with the supposed power to be able to kill with a glance. She will supposedly spiritually mark trespassers, and if they even come back, she causes them to just drop dead. Another power of this black-clad witch is the ability to cause insanity or incite a primal fear that forces visitors to flee, screaming in the abject terror, and she continues to be cited to this day. Other phenomena reported from Harmony Grove to this day are sudden cold chills, shadow figures, ghosts of the Indian children, rather oddly the ghost of a man in a coat and a bowler hat with a cane looking like a proper Englishman. Who is he? Who knows? 
Interestingly, in a more modern times, this place has had other communes of occultists and spiritualists. Of course, you know they're going to move in there to Harmony Grove. But there's a white witch in the elfin forest. Let's just stay away from the elfin forest. <laughs> it sounds great, but yeah, I don't, I don't think I want anything to do with that place. It's so beautiful to draw you in. There's horseback riding and trails and beauty of the forest. And then you get in there and it's just pure terror. That sounds scary. A not haunted house hits the market in Boston area. A Massachusetts woman noticed something strange about the for sale sign outside a home in her neighborhood. On top of the sign with the name of the broker and the contact information was a sign with the words not haunted in big red letters. <laughs> okay. This huh. just went up around the corner and have so many questions. Margot Bloomstein wrote in a tweet this week that included an image of the sign. The Boston Globe reported Thursday. So you can see it right here, Becky. It looks like legit sign stuff. Yeah. You know? It says not haunted at the top, like <laughs> for the low, low price of. Okay. Of <laughs> The house is west of Boston, but Bloomstein didn't want to say exactly where to respect the homeowner's privacy. But she reached out to the real estate agency to learn more about the sign. They knew nothing about it either. Okay. <laughs> the consensus is that the sign is a prank, maybe played by a ghost with a sense of humor. It's kind of funny, though. It is like, kind of funny. would do that? And now, with, with Retro, Retro News, News, is Jay. This is crazy retro stuff that sparked my interest in the unexplained, you know, which also encompasses ghosts and UFOs. But there's other weirdness happening in the world that I think is very interesting. So this is called Gloomy Sunday, the song that could kill. It's December 1932. There's a songwriter named Rezo Saris, and he's failing miserably at his passion and dreams of being, you know, making a living at songwriting. So his fiance at the time was not too happy that they were constantly poor, and she gave him an ultimatum, get a regular job and stop songwriting or lose the relationship. And his response was, I'm going to make it as a songwriter or I'm going to be a hobo. So that's that. She left him. So the next day, a Sunday, there are gray skies, it's heavy rain. He's looking out the window and he says, what a gloomy Sunday. And he started writing this song called Gloomy Sunday. 30 minutes later, he had the song down. He sent the song to music publishers and one replied, Gloomy Sunday has a weird but highly depressing melody and rhythm. And we are sorry to say we cannot use it. So finally, a couple months goes by, a publisher decided to distribute the song. Then a lot of strange stuff started to occur. In Berlin, a young man requested a band to play Gloomy Sunday, but after the number was performed, he went home and blasted himself in the head with a revolver. After complaining to relatives that he felt severely depressed by the melody of the new song, which he could not get out of his head, and that song was Gloomy Sunday. About a week later in the same city, a young female shop assistant was found hanging from a rope in her flat. What in the hell? 
Yeah, Wait, is police. this Billy Holiday gloomy Sunday? That yeah, but Billy Holiday, Sarah McLaughlin, Sinead oh. O'Connor. You have to listen to the original composition, which I haven't done. I've oh, listened to some I, of the my other hairs songs. Are up on my arms. Yeah, that right gave me now. chills. Like, I'm just like, what? So the original composition, where would we find that on YouTube? Maybe it's, we it's don't a, want to hear it. <laughs> just the, yeah, just the <laughs> musical composition. You know, the original, how it is on the music sheet played like that and I, and you can find it so a week later in the same city a young female shop assistant was found hanging in her flat police investigated found a suicide note with a copy of the sheet music to gloomy sunday in her bedroom two days after that a young secretary in new york city gassed herself and in a suicide note she requested gloomy sunday to be played at her funeral weeks later another new yorker aged 82 jumped to his death from the window of a 70th story apartment after playing the deadly song on his piano Around the same time, a teenager in Rome who had heard the unlucky tune jumped off a bridge to his death. And as the months went by, the steady stream of bizarre and disturbing deaths allegedly connected to Gloomy Sunday persuaded the chiefs at the BBC to ban the seemingly cursed song from the airwaves. Now, Ceres, who composed the, the song, was also to experience the adverse effects of his creation. He wrote to his ex fiance pleading for a reconciliation. Several days later came the most awful, shocking news. Saris had learned from the police that his sweetheart had poisoned herself, and by her side, a copy of the sheet music to Gloomy Sunday was found. That's just wow. touching the tip of the iceberg. There's so many instances like this, and I think they even made a movie of it. And I, like we said, they all these different artists covered it as a song. It's the original composition, which is supposed to have this haunting melody that just throws you into a funk. That song is depressing anyway. It's always I always like, liked it. But, I mean, I liked it, yeah. but it was depressing. I don't it, know if it I never did. depressed me. I always just thought it was cool. That's the thing with, with the music nowadays that I think it's missing a certain element. There's nothing like a note that can strike you in a way that a word can't, right? So maybe he found this combination of notes. You know what I mean? Like there are certain songs you listen to and it'll have a melody in the background and it just moves you in a certain way. The devil's scale, it's the pe uh, pentatonic scale. Did you ever hear of that? that? No. It's basically a lot of minor chords and, you know, it's got a kind of a gloomyish sound and a lot of rock and blues use those tones, that scale. I've never heard of it either. Yeah. Nowadays, the music has lots of subliminal messaging in there, I'm sure. And yeah. the tones are, I don't know. It's, I can't it's stand a lot of same. modern music. Yeah, it makes me feel unpeaceful. We sound like, like old peaceful. phobies. I know, but it's true. There's even certain rock songs that are older that I, I don't like that just the way that they make me feel. Like Metallica? No, I like a lot of Metallica. <laughs> but no, there's certain uh, Rolling Stones that they've never, ever agreed with me. I have a hard time with Rolling Stones. Okay. I, I, I completely too. agree with you, Steffi. Same. It's funny because our parents' generation were into the Stones and yeah. Zeppelin and 
the Beatles. See, Zeppelin, I, I would choose the Beatles like. over the Stones any day. A hundred percent. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The Beatles way better than the Stones. And I like Led Zeppelin a lot. They're very soulful. Yeah. I think even Queen and, blows the Stones away. I yeah. agree. I agree with that. But when I hear a Rolling Stones song, except for one where they have some awesome backup singers, and I think it's really cool, they just jar me inside. I don't know what it is. It just makes me feel... There's a couple of jams though that the Stones have. I still don't like those. I don't like any of them. No, terrible no. voice. <laughs> anyway, we just offended a ton of Stones fans. But all right, <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about. Each to their own. Each to their own. Yeah, everyone's got their own thing. Yeah. Well, I have two other things, and we'll just go with one right now and mix it up a bit. This is like strange things falling from the sky. When I present some of these instances, it's it's hard to come up with an explanation why this happened, right? So again, there's a numerable amount of these, and I just grabbed a couple. So in October of 1886 in North Carolina, a downpour of rain in Charlotte happened when the skies were perfectly blue and not a cloud in the sky. Around the same time in Aiken, South Carolina, rain was observed from morning until night falling on two specific graves in the town's cemetery and nowhere else. It was seen by hundreds of observers, not a cloud in the sky. Was something climbing out of those or what? I mean, this is like the hmm. uh, zombie apocalypse beginning right there. Yeah. July 1841, field workers in Wilson County, Tennessee, reported a small red cloud appearing on a clear day. And as that cloud came over them, Showers of blood came from those clouds and pieces of flesh were also found among the rain on the ground of the blood. Boy. rain. Wow. Yeah. What? This one little did, cloud. Did you say what year that was? 1841. Oh, we're like going to jump ahead to 1982. So we have no idea why it's raining blood and flesh. No, there's this, this red cloud that came out and they're like, look at that. And then it came over them and then blood just started raining on them. <laughs> it's like, okay, we're working in the field. Isn't it bad enough? 1982, a young girl in Manchester, England, told her reverend uh, uh, when she was on her way to church, a 50 pence coin fell out of the sky from nowhere in a certain spot. Other kids went to that same spot and discovered numerous similar coins. And when a marshal inspected and questioned the kids, they said, you would hear coins dropping and you'd turn around and find them on the ground. And when they, when they looked up, they just saw them falling from the sky. This is the last one I have. 1911 in Boring, Oregon. A young girl was playing uh, near the banks of the Sandy River and was caught in a downpour. And she noticed these large objects were pelting her. And when she got to like a little safe area, she looked around and there were thousands of salamanders. And they are falling from the sky, covering the ground, wiggling, and just flopping all around. Like a storm system came in and scooped them up like a tornado type of situation and could have just dropped them and rained them down maybe. But the whole pennies from heaven type. But why is it just salamanders? Why isn't it as a whole bunch exactly. of Exactly. That's true. Why, why isn't why it grass and branches and other things? Frogs. Yeah. Yeah. The, the fact that it's just cleanly dropping salamanders from the sky is so strange. Maybe that's the answer to life's questions. Things just appear. <laughs> They're not regenerating in a natural way. God just drops them down. He just here. says, here, you guys need some uh, salamanders in boring. Yeah, otherwise, uh, Oregon. Oregon. <laughs> they'll go extinct. He goes, I better send some salamanders. Yeah. 
There are reports through time of mysterious children appearing out of nowhere who speak a certain language, have different skin colors, things like that. And this is this is one of them. There's a famous one, and they made a movie on it. Casper Hauser is, uh, there's a movie on that, and you can research that. But this is in the middle of the 12th century England. Two green children, weeping unconsolably, were found wandering in a field. They were taken to a nearby village where local people came to check them out. And according to William of Newburgh, the children were clad in garments of strange color and unknown materials. They could speak no English and refused all food offered to them. A few days later, on the brink of starvation, they were brought beans cut off or torn off from stalks. And they basically ate those beans for a long time entirely and would touch no other food. Now, not long after that, the boy weakened and died. And the girl learned to eat other foods and was restored both to health and to normal skin color. And she learned to speak English like Caspar Hauser. Well, Caspar Hauser learned how to speak German. Asked about her native country, she asserted that the inhabitants and all that they had in that country were of green color and that they saw no sun but enjoyed a degree of light like what is after sunset. Being asked how she came into this country with the boy, she replied that as they were following their flocks, they came to a certain cavern until they came to its mouth. And when they came out of it, they were struck senseless by the excessive light of the sun and the unusual temperatures of the air. And thus they lay there for a long time, being terrified by the noises and those who came on them. Being terrified by all the strange noises in this new world, they could not find the entrance of the cavern before they were caught back to their homeland. So the children said that the country was called St. Martin's Land. Its people were Christians. There was no sun there, but across a river, a, a bright shining land could be seen. And the last thing is eventually the woman married and reportedly lived for years in Suffolk. So, Wow, yeah. that, crazy. I feel like these were underground people. Might Maybe have they been. did live underground. Yeah. Maybe they were just eating green beans and they turned green like when people eat too much carrot juice. Yeah. <laughs> like like the Morlocks. So they came out from underground. They saw the light. And then I'm I'm just surprised that the girl lived and became. I really thought, Jason, you were going to say someone uh, noticed them and made money on them in the circle. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that retro news. Retro Very news. Cool. strange little green kids i think brings us into some ufo uap alien type of situations here and one of the frightening articles slash videos i came across is the creepy alien figure with long limbs and pale skin 
that walked along a bridge in the dead of night. Now, I sent this video over to you two. What do you guys think of this? I think it's a naked person because I saw that other thing that kind of. I have to totally disagree with you that that's a naked person because that is the oddest. It's weird looking. So you just think that's a weird game? I think it's camera angles. He's washed out because of all the uh, the lights. What? <laughs> the thing looks like it's eight feet tall. It looks tall. Well, I'll show you the the video that maybe can explain it. Okay. What did you think of it, Jason? You saw the video. I'm going to say creepy, and I'm going to say inconclusive, because once again, there are multiple people on motorcycles. Go up to the thing so we can see its face. I don't know if like, I'd go up uh, to that thing, though. I know, but it's so, it's moving at two two miles an hour, like, and there are multiple people on bikes. Like, I just, I'm going, oh, wow, this is creepy. This is creepy. And then they, they come up to it, and it's over. Yeah. Um, it's strange. If they cut off the video, there might have been something else that we could have seen, but they wanted to make it mysterious. The skin looked like there's a certain creature in that movie Pan's Labyrinth where it has eyes on its the palm of its hand and it yeah. it puts you know it, it its skin is like that color and it's yes. like ropes of skin like saggy skin that's what that that kind of reminded me of that creature from Pan's Labyrinth in a way you know Well if our listeners want to see this I will post it again on the socials a uh, video was shown of a pale skin humanoid walking along a bridge in eastern India with some people convinced that the creature is an alien i'm on that uh (laughs) side i think something's not normal with this being it's i definitely think it's not normal it's bizarre it it honestly is gangly looking it has long arms and legs it's pale white skin and a very skinny torso and no butt no i was just gonna say it had no ass has no and you can't even see a crack that's what's strange to me i mean it's kind of blurred so here's the thing a month ago or so we released the human crab thing Mm -hmm. it was was like a crab humanoid on all fours like with cricked legs and arms just scattering around (laughs) caught on cctv and i'm kind of wondering with this disclosure that's coming about it seems like there's a massive pickup in ufo spottings if you you probably come across that every day now it seems every day are they dropping these things out guys (laughs) i mean are we gonna full-blown have to like strap on our freaking guns and ammo and get out there like like the Will Smith movie. <laughs> I would. How do you you got to defend yourself. I don't want something biting on me and eating my flesh. Or are they releasing them from a lab? You know, you wonder about these things. Like, you know that there's genetic testings going on. You know that there's they're trying to crossbreed things. Well, that leads me to tell you guys this new story that I found. Researchers conducting human-animal hybrid experiments struck fear into federal lawmakers worried that nightmare scenarios of Frankenstein creatures have become a reality. Earlier this year, researchers announced a blending of a man and monkey. The Salk Institute for Biological Studies in La Jolla, California, said in April that it participated with a China, of course it's China, (laughs) uh, China China-led research team in an experiment by injecting human stem cells into monkey embryos. They allowed the resulting creature to live and grow for 19 days before terminating it. The researchers responsible for the technology used in the experiment said their work aided the study of embryonic development. Federal officials have placed a moratorium on U.S. funding of such research. Still, they are reviewing the restrictions and scientific developments as Congress debates a bill to spend nearly $200 billion of taxpayers' money on research 
and development endeavors to counter China. So they're saying it could be a possibility that they're releasing these weird creations. And what we could be seeing walking around could be weird mutations of human hybrids. Or it could be an all-out alien war and they're dropping. But the only thing that's weird to me is these creatures that we're seeing, the weird crab humanoid, the weird gangly thing walking in, they don't seem to bother anyone. They kind of observe and move around them. In the crab humanoid video, there's dogs that are barking at this thing. And it goes around the dog. It doesn't try to eat the dog or anything. And this creature that's walking through India on the bridge just stops, glances over at them, and then continues to weirdly walk slow. Yeah. What's the deal? I don't know. It is kind of freaky when you think about it, though. Mm -hmm. Maybe the crab humanoid or whatever that was learned how to walk upright. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. In other news, witness in England spots dome of light prior to the appearance of the crop circle. In a strange story out of England, a man claims to have spotted a massive dome of light lingering in a field prior to the appearance of a crop circle the following day. The dome was about 150 feet wide and 30 feet tall. Absolutely enormous. That's a little weird. Usually people don't see anything prior to the crop circles, right? I think that's cool. Speaking of UFOs, Mm -hmm. Representative Tim Burchett, Republican of Tennessee, told Newsmax on Friday that it's undeniably that there is something out there when it comes to unidentified flying objects or UFOs. Burchett told John Bachman now, Bachman now, what is it? John Bachman now? What the hell is that? (laughs) Burchett told John Bachman, whoever that guy is, that it's always interesting to me when this phenomenon occurs. The Navy pilots have seen something that's either one of three things, some sort of diversion, it's somebody from this planet, or it's something extraterrestrial. He added, now if something from this planet, as it was stated, that Russian President Vladimir Putin and President Joe Biden were talking about, and Biden was asking the Russians... I mean, honestly, Putin is an egomaniac. If they had a UFO, he would have landed one on the steps of the White House just to show his superiority. U.S. intelligence officials in several weeks are scheduled to deliver an unclassified report on UFOs. So I don't know if there's an old story because they didn't they just reveal. Well, they haven't done it. They're dragging their heels. We haven't had anything. We've had a few people come forward and this and that, but there hasn't been a big announcement. I'm not sure if there will be. And Burchett's thinks Americans won't be given all the information, of course. Of course. Adding that they haven't been truthful to us about Roswell, New Mexico, and other stuff. So Yeah. Well, this is funny. Considering what you just said, there's report claims that there's a UFO tracking station being built in Florida's Gulf Coast by the Air Force right as we speak. And this was actually published today. Where's the best place in the U.S. to see a UFO? Roswell and Area 51 might get a lot of votes, but the U.S. Navy might say off the Pacific coast of California or the Atlantic coast of Virginia Beach. However, if you ask the U.S. Air Force, it's the Gulf Coast of Florida. Yeah, a lot of the UFO sightings are around that area. Yeah. An engineer who is also interested in UFO claims he was told a new facility, the USAF, is a building which will be used to track unidentified aerial phenomena. Normally, I wouldn't look much into this particular project with too much zeal, especially since MacDill Air Force Base is about 45 minutes south of the southern tip of Tampa Bay. MacDill is Central Command for Middle Eastern Operations. However, being that I'm a lifelong UFO enthusiast and given everything occurring recently, my radar went off, no pun intended. 
I think Jason's right. There has been a lot of spottings of UFOs going in and out of the ocean. Mm -hmm. If I remember correctly, Coral Castle had ley lines. They believed that there were ley lines associated or energy lines that intersected in that area to help this guy build it. There's tons of different theories, but that makes sense if that's a UFO hotspot. Yeah. What Steffi said, Putin would have landed a, a UFO with a Russian flag on it, you know, if he had it. I think one of the things against that it's UFOs are government made is exactly that. I think because we don't fight wars as much as we used to because everybody has nukes and it's mutual destruction. I think that the way that they fight wars now is like a show of force. So I think if we had craft like this, if the U.S. did, they certainly would have put it on display to scare the hell out of everybody else. You know, so I, I think that There are certain technologies, of course, that they keep under wraps, stealth, you know, things like that. But in general, I think they would have, in this day and age, how we don't go to war as much, it's little proxy wars and stuff, and shows Mm -hmm. of force. I think somebody would have played Yankee Doodle Dandy and had this thing spinning around. Look what we have. You know, that's why I don't really think if it's these crazy UFOs that can go a thousand feet a second, I think they would have displayed it already. I think so. Yeah, There have been a ton of UFO spottings lately, though, like we were talking about. And the most recent one I found was in the skies over Denton County in Texas. And they have a video of a mind-blowing UFO that has two thin sides and a rounded top hovering in the air. Much to the consternation of the eyewitnesses, the UFO sighting has prompted a popular conspiracy theorist and hoax promoter to speculate about its alien origin. But there's a video and he says, we were sitting by the fire. Little ones had the bubbles going. Any idea? Deflated balloon of some sort? Almost looked like a parachute. So there is a video of that. Um, That was pretty recent. I think I saw a crazy anomaly in the sky like about a year ago. In New York City? Yeah, Disastra and I, we live about six blocks away from the river in a park. So we go there and we bring sandwiches and, and lawn chairs. And I was just looking up at the sky and I, clear, clear blue sky. I see this green dot and this red dot dancing around each other in the sky, like way up there. And I'm going, look, look, look. And she got all weird. Don't, don't alarm everybody. I'm going, there, there's something up there. <laughs> And it was a red dot and a green dot and they would, they would be parallel to each other. And then one would circle the other. And I watched this for like a couple minutes. Yeah. I mean, they say there's a lot of stuff happening around here and I'm going to be keeping an eye out. Yeah. Keep your eyes to the skies. I always like to look up and well, mostly in the night because I can see better uh, with the stars and everything. But in the day it's, (laughs) that's even weirder when you're seeing that stuff in the day. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of Florida, because we talked about how there are a lot of things going on out there. There's a local media report. There was a sighting uh, in the Cape Coral area. He was heading home from work. His name is Jose Caradoga. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but he had an unforgettable experience when he noticed a peculiar light in the sky that began to separate into two and then came back together. And now that alone is fairly fantastic, but he says, It was only a precursor to a second UFO that he saw five minutes later. And that object appeared to be a black diamond with lights on the side and one red light toward the center, all the way to the back of the craft. Stunned by what he was seeing, he remembers thinking to himself, that's a UFO. That's nothing from here. 
The sight proved to be so shocking that the man actually stopped his car in the middle of the road to observe the object. And it was right overhead, floating over us, basically. There was no sound. It was magnificent. He managed to overcome his awestruck state and snapped a few photographs of the second UFO seen in a video. What exactly the object might have been is yet to be determined. Someone needs to start putting together, like some internet sleuth, a fully illustrated type of website with all the different crafts people are seeing because you kind of wonder what's what you know you hear about the diamonds you hear about the cigar and the cigars and the rods and the orbs you know i've seen the orbs myself and i do remember it feeling particularly different when i witnessed an orange orb craft as comparatively to the ones that are white that look like stars that are just zipping around that they're not satellites. Mm -hmm. There's a weird ominous feeling that comes with some of those spottings that you get. And I don't know, Jason, when you saw that in the park with disaster, did it feel ominous or did it just feel kind of, how did you feel? No, it was cool. It wasn't scary. They seemed playful and they weren't shiny. They were, it's like if you just took a marker, if I snapped the picture and you took a green and red marker and put a dot, it looked like that, like pure color, but they like were a laser moving. light in the sky, like a little dot of a laser light. Yeah, like a little dot. I mean, it was, it was way up there. Like I could hardly see it. But and then I was just staring and I noticed something moving. I'm like, what is that? And then I saw him and I just thought it was cool. If they had zipped so you down. You didn't feel like impending doom coming or anything. No, no. I mean, because they seemed to be playful themselves. So I wasn't freaked out too much about that. I was more curious. Like I wanted to see more. And by the time we started talking about it and she's telling me to keep it down, you're, you're going to freak everybody out. I look back up. I couldn't find them. So, of course. Yeah. The only thing I've ever seen weird in the sky, and I think I was like maybe 10, 11, 12, somewhere in there. I was coming from Wegmans in Fairmount. My mom's getting on the highway and I'm looking up and it looks like a cluster of these reflective squares. I don't know how to explain it. It looked like they were rotating. Hmm. And there's a cluster of them. When you'd look, they'd shift and move almost like a flock of birds, but it was super reflective, almost like flipping mirrors. And the only thing I'm like, mom, it reminds me of the early Superman movies with Christopher Reeves and they he banished those. Uh, yeah, oh, those yeah. Glass, those glass things. Yeah. I'm like, mom, it's like Superman. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but it was weird. I still have no explanation. I couldn't even get a good look because we're driving so i had to shift to different windows to keep looking at it I'm like what the heck is that yeah it's well, general zod and feora it yeah. is it's general zod <laughs> yeah and the guy that goes woo, woo. <laughs> well there's a story coming out of the daily star and i was it was actually published in june 12th of this year but uh, i found a debunk to that article so i'm going to read the article that was written and then i'm going to read the debunk of the article so three alien abductions in a week in sedgley but council isn't doing anything mysteries surround a sign that appeared in the woods claiming three alien abductions had taken place in one week ufo believers claim the west midland lies at the heart of the alien activity in the uk there's an actual sign here uh, three alien abductions here in one week with explanation points. When are the council going to do something? So that sign appeared apparently in the West Midlands. The mystery that surrounded that sign, uh, the small town claiming that three people had been abducted by aliens in the last weeks. And the writer then accuses the council of not doing anything to stop the abductions. Like, what are they going to do? Come out and please yeah. stop. <laughs> the large panel of black stenciled writing oh. reads, 
reads what Steph had read, and it sprung up essentially in the West Midlands. UFO believers reckon the county lies at the heart of the alien activity within the UK. Dozens of UFO sightings have been reported in that area in recent years, and websites have been created so that members of the public can log their extraterrestrial spots. Now, I found a retort to that, so let's see. And this is coming out of Singular14, I believe it's called, but uh, Singular14.com. Photos of alien abductions sign traced back to Liverpool, not Sedgley. So we've got the, the different area. The sign was originally posted to social media on Sunday, March 8th of 2020. So that's a year ago. Mm-hmm. The mystery surrounding the strange sign inscribed with a message, the local council to do something. Sorry, my cat is jumping around here now. Still remaining is the true identities of the sign's creator and their motivation for posting it. Public curiosity regarding the sign began last week, July 7th, after illustrator Ash Lloyden shared a photo of it on Twitter, along with the caption, meanwhile, in Sedgley. Sedgley is a town north of metropolitan borough of Dudley in the West Midlands, England. Within a few days... This tweet had garnered over a million views and started attracting major media attention. The sign's online popularity served to highlight the relative frequency of UFO sightings in the West Midlands. According to the West Midlands Police, 12 reports of UFO sightings were received between 2013 and 2016, with 20 emergency calls placed regarding UFO or alien sightings from 2015 to 2017. Doesn't matter. It was a year apart, and it was supposedly in Liverpool as opposed to Sedgley. But the thing is, is why is the UK so active? Have you ever noticed that? Like, yeah. have a- Actually, that's kind of new to me. I had no idea. You didn't know that? I, I figure alien abductions is everywhere, but I didn't really know that there was a lot. Well, there's alien. a lot of crop circles there. Yes. Stonehenge. There's yeah, there's a lot of action out in the UK. And the last on my UFO news is the first ever wooden satellite was set to launch later this year. There is a device measuring four by four by four, and it's a collaborative effort among three different Finnish companies. And basically what they're doing is they're taking plywood and they are putting this paneling, the surface paneling that's specially treated to the plywood so that it doesn't burn up in space. And they're sending this up into space. It's the same stuff you'd find in a hardware store to make furniture, the plywood. Okay. I think they're just trying to come up with a greener way to launch these satellites so that we don't... What are they made out of anyways? Probably metals and space age technology. (laughs) They're just using plywood. But they're attaching cameras to it to see what everything's going to do to it. What is it going to do? Maybe the the space uh, termites will space termites or maybe it'll (laughs) start a little bonfire out there and it'll just create this large explosion and bam we have a new planet who's a microsoft guy bill gates bill gates he wants to build something to block the sun which sounds like an awesome idea oh it's just great it's just wonderful Uh uh-huh what (laughs) he's insane he's got his fingers in way too much for a little uh little computer guy he needs to chill out yeah yeah (laughs) i thought this was cool A friend of ours that lives out in the Pacific Northwest had shown me this little weird stuff called slime mold. Have you heard of this? Uh, Oh, you told me about it. Okay. So it's like this greenish snot colored slimy looking stuff that you can sometimes witness in the forest and it moves. It looks like a fried egg to me. Yeah. And it slithers kind of and creeps across the trees when I had seen it. It was moving along like a blob, like an alien blob across the roots of a tree. And I was like, what am I seeing? But 
this weirdly smart creeping slime is actually redefining our understanding of intelligence. What I found was an article saying that these slime molds that are found in nature, they're great because they aid in the decay of organic matter and they recycle it mm-hmm. into the food web. It doesn't have a brain or a nervous system. It's blobby, bright yellow, just has one cell. Right. But they're finding that this thing can actually get through mazes and shit. Like it's got the complexity. They like leave a trail of treats. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it's got cognition without a brain. It's kinda like a jellyfish, doesn't have a brain, but it it moves around, eats things. Yeah, but this doesn't have a central nervous system. It it doesn't Either, yeah, it, I don't think a jellyfish does either, but maybe I'm wrong about that. But what this is saying is that it can solve complex puzzles. It's playing chess. Steph, <laughs> you're really <laughs> underworking this blob that I saw. No, I'm just trying to make jokes about it, but I think it's really interesting. I, I think there's a lot out there in nature that we don't understand, especially the intelligence of just, you know, regular animals, mammals. Well, are, let's saying this has the intelligence yeah. of an actual animal. Well, and they have a brain. This thing doesn't have a brain, and yet it has intelligence. Maybe Japanese people would put it in a sushi roll. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can see it now. Me. In 2050, running for president, Bob the Blob. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Bob the Blob, yeah. He can solve complex world issues. Hey, man. It might be better than what we got going. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Maybe we could shave our heads and put it on top of our skulls and then it'll attach to our brains and then we'll be walking around like problem solving left problem. and right. <laughs> A symbiotic coexistence with the blobs. Exactly. But it's better than AI. <laughs> Werewolf Hunter reveals UK's paranormal triangle where terrifying beasts gather. So not only do they have the oh, UFO stuff, they've got werewolves, guys. Wow. <laughs> Now we don't want to go to Australia or the UK. There are more reports of paranormal events in the UK than almost any area comparable in size on Earth. And East Yorkshire had a claim being the spookiest area in Britain, specifically the area of East Yorkshire known as Wold Newton Triangle, named after the village which finds itself at the center of the mystical area. The area is particularly notorious for werewolf sightings. On one misty night in the 1960s, a lorry driver was making his way along the remote Wolds Road. As his vehicle trundled along, he glimpsed a pair of red eyes in the murk. Seconds later, a wolf-like creature tried to smash its way through his windscreen. Now, another paranormal researcher and sometimes werewolf hunter, Charles Christian, told the Hull Daily Mail in 2015 that this account provides a glimpse into the weird happenings within the Wold-Newton Triangle. The part of the country that was once infested with wolves, said Mr. Christensen, whose book, A Travel Guide to Yorkshire's Weird Wolves, explores some of the area's horrifying tales. Up until the 18th century, there was still a wolf bounty for anyone killing them. It was known for the wolves to dig up corpses from graveyards. From that sprung the idea that there are supernatural beings who took the form of werewolves. There's a legend of a werewolf called Old Stinker, a great hairy beast with red eyes who was so called because he had bad breath. Old Stinker hit the news as recently as 2016 after reports of sighting of the monster at Barmston Drain in Hull, which was well outside the triangle, but shows the fear remains. A woman had claimed that the beast had a German shepherd in its mouth and was eight feet tall. Wow. 
When I was a child, I remember someone saying that they would not drive along the road from Flixton to Bridlington after dark because of those fears, Mr. Christian said. It's a folklore. It goes back a long ways. And I, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's a real creature, more like something that takes a form of something to scare somebody. Would you rather come across an alien or a werewolf? Oh, my God. I don't know. <laughs> You might not make it back to Earth if you get taken by an alien. But you might not make it out of Earth. If you... Exactly. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going with the aliens, man, because at least you can communicate. and You would hope. You'll see, see something fantastical, maybe. But I don't want to come across a werewolf, hungry werewolf with claws and fangs and eight feet tall. I can't run We're anymore. Nightmarish. All I think of is the movie. American Werewolf? The no, the, the alien movie. <laughs> Where the guy, Travis Walton, what's the name of that movie? Fire, Fire in the Sky. Yeah. And the aliens put some weird, like, poop-looking stuff in his mouth. And then a, a It needles... wasn't poop-looking. It was jelly. It was like it was a like jelly. A jelly. Yeah. yeah. It was brown. And put it in his mouth. And then they put this weird, like, looks like a latex, I don't know, but it's like some right. sort of clear thing over his face. <laughs> and cut it so open. This is so traumatized, though. This movie traumatized me. <laughs> Obviously. And then communion I... traumatized me. Communion traumatized yeah. me. Just the face on the book that I saw as a kid traumatized me. Yeah. But when you go back and watch those, they're funny. They're hilarious. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like going back and watching Chucky. That's hilarious. So she's choosing werewolves over aliens. I think I would. Jason and I are choosing aliens over werewolves. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about werewolves anyway. I don't know if they're around or anything. I mean, you don't hear too much about werewolves you you hear like jersey devil you hear this creature that was spotted but i haven't seen any real footage of like a you know in a distance yeah. or they were so, big in the 80s though remember you had silver bullet and you had howling howling team wolf too but yeah yeah i don't know about werewolves that much i'm not big on werewolves and the paranormal landscape they're a disease that people blamed someone becoming a werewolf and it was some sort of weird disease that caused them a problem and they used to think that they were because they'd go mad for a little bit and then like run around naked at night and do crazy things i don't know i heard about it <laughs> <laughs> a queensland-based yaoi researcher has claimed he's uncovered fresh evidence that australia's version of bigfoot actually does exist they're the yaoi's guys mm. so we've got squatches bigfoot abominable snowman what's the yeah. one yeti skunk ape skunk ape yeti skunk ape, and yeah. now we've got the yowie dean harrison who's been tracking the elusive creature for decades released a new video from a recent trip to the gold coast hinterland producing what he has said the most significant evidence of the yowie's existence to date the clip was taken on may 4th at springbrook national park using thermal technology and it shows what mr harrison said are two nine feet tall yowies in the wild sounds like an australian word a yowie mr harrison said that the night vision shows something hugging a tree before two huge yowies stepped out into view we estimated they must have been at least nine feet tall and they made no noise arriving and no noise leaving the area he said we wouldn't even have known if anything was there if it wasn't for the thermal cameras so that could be like they could be interdimensional yaois coming in to hug trees. Well, this is the thing you were saying before is why all of a sudden these weird creatures everywhere. 
it, it seemed like there was only Yetis and then there was Bigfoot in the North, you know, Pacific Northwest. Right. And now right. Bigfoot is everywhere. Well, here we go. Woman reports encounter with an eight foot tall Bigfoot in Ohio. A 20 year old woman was leaving a warehouse 24 hour gym after midnight in Ashland, Ohio, when she said she had a startling encounter with an eight foot tall Bigfoot. Ashland is located 80 miles of Salt Fork State Park, the home of annual Bigfoot Conference and another recent Bigfoot sighting. According to the woman's stepfather, who filed a report with the Bigfoot Research Organization, or BFRO, my 20-year-old stepdaughter had a visual sighting last night in Ashland, Ohio. The date was 4-24-21. It was about midnight when she had left a 24-hour gym that had woods behind it. She saw a gray, over-seven-foot creature after hearing a twig snap. She stated it was way too large to be human and it moved way too fast to be human. She called from the Bob Evans parking lot in tears asking. So we've got yaoi's, okay. we've got werewolves, we've got Bigfoots. What else do we have? I saw a Bigfoot in the Crackle Barrel parking lot. A missing man was found dead inside of a Spanish dinosaur statue. Police in Catalonia are investigating the death of a man who was thought to have become trapped inside a large dinosaur statue while trying to retrieve his mobile phone. Officers were called to a satellite town of Barcelona after a man and his son noticed something inside a paper mache stegosaurus on Saturday afternoon. <laughs> oh, <laughs> boy. Not... He dropped his phone and got stuck in the paper mache leg of a dinosaur and died. Oh, he died? He died. He went missing for two days. They didn't know. Nobody knew where he was. And then this man and his son came across the body inside the leg oh kind of hanging out a little bit <laughs> that sucks Ugh. dinosaurs will get you they get you every time yeah <laughs> mermaid blamed for car crash in jamaica <laughs> a fatal car crash on a bridge in jamaica has renewed long-standing rumors within a nearby community the waters below are inhabited by a bloodthirsty mermaid oh they're bloodthirsty well they have any merman yeah they have merman the accident, which saw one woman die and nine other people require hospitalization when a pair of vehicles collided head-on, reportedly took place in the town of Bogwalk on Tuesday morning. The crash occurred just days after another incident at the bridge, wherein a woman also perished, leading to many in the community to cast blame for the tragic events on a rather unlikely suspect, a mermaid said to lurk in the Rio Cabre, which runs beneath the bridge. They're claiming that there's this dangerous mermaid in there. Yeah. So we've got <laughs> tall, gangly aliens walking around in <laughs> India. We've got crab-like creatures. Yeah. We've right. got yaoi's, werewolves, and killer mermaids now. And smart blobs. And, and smart, smart blobs. blobs. The only thing intelligent for the <laughs> And whole I think I would take the, the blob over blob. all of it. Yeah, yeah. it was the blob. <laughs> <laughs> Arctic creature revived after being frozen for 24,000 years. Aiken to the opening scene of a sci-fi film wherein things subsequently go horribly awry, scientists have managed to revive an ancient multicellular creature that had been frozen in the Arctic ice for the last 24,000 years. Like, we don't have enough shit going on. They've got to revive <laughs> these things. Yeah, uh, leave it alone. You know, yeah. it's so like the researchers, thing. <laughs> it is like the thing. Exactly keep, like Keep the it thing. in the ice and leave it alone. Exactly. <laughs> Researchers at a lab in Russia successfully thought, of course, they're Russian. They thought out the, I'm not even going to try to name this thing because it's like Bedeloid Rofiter, which is a tiny orgasm, 
an organism. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tiny organism renowned for its abilities to survive in extreme conditions from a chunk of permafrost that was retrieved from a remote mm. Siberian location using a drilling rig. Incredibly, upon being unfrozen, the creature was then able to reproduce uh, by way of asexual process known of as... Of course. Yeah, so here we go. Why don't we just stitch everything together and make one giant Frankenstein monster that takes over the world? <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it, it could be from space too if it's not a complex organism because some certain bacteria and things like that have been found on asteroid rocks and meteorite rocks and can live exactly. in space so exactly this thing could be from somewhere else that luckily it landed in a you know on a glacier an arctic zone or yeah yeah and it's like oh man i can't destroy this planet and now we're like you know clear yeah (laughs) what's this next you know there's like like the what are the creatures in star trek the little furry things that almost destroy the enterprise because they replicate so much yeah i I was gonna say the blob thing remind me of a star trek episode or something critters (laughs) yeah Yeah, critters Tribbles, critters, ghoulies. (laughs) Pretty soon we're going to be walking around and it's going to be like a video game. We're going to be seeing crazy things just everywhere. Possibly. I I wonder if it's just our time or, I mean. Well, I guess what a glorious time to choose to live right now because. It's very interesting. You have the ability to run into a werewolf, a yaoi, a weird blob in the forest. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, listeners, thank you for Thank you for being a friend. <laughs> did we do that one before? I don't know, did we? I feel like we did. <laughs> well, listeners, thanks for listening. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. I want to thank you, listeners. And if you want to get a hold of us, you can reach us at to the spirit pod at gmail.com. Find us on all the major platforms and the minor ones as well. You can even find us on YouTube, our socials, our Facebook instagram and twitter and always remember keep your eyes on the skies thanks everyone bye 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 to the spirit podcast supernatural science spirit divine source heaven the dead it's magic <laughs>